Thank you for joining me today. This is Colin Hamilton, Commodities Analyst at BMO Capital Markets. And welcome to our short Metals Matters podcast where we highlight the key things you need to know in global metals and mining this week. After the rollercoaster ride of recent months, August thus far has been relatively quiet in commodity land. Given that, I thought to start with this week, I'd take stock of where we are with the four main headwinds for metals and bulk commodity prices in recent times. The first is the developed world durable cycle. This certainly isn't collapsing, but continues to trend steadily lower. There is little doubt that the pandemic period pulled forward some demand in this area, and now is a time of payback. But even within durable goods, there are positives and there are negatives. Having been constrained by supply issues and with extended order books, metals demand from autos is strengthening, as is that from defence, and this is helping to offset some appliance weakness. We do see metals demand from durables continuing to slow, though, through the remainder of the year. The next area to talk about is stocking, or rather, destocking end users. And as I've highlighted before, this cannot keep going forever. And it increasingly feels like we are getting towards the end of this process, particularly given the recent price stability. As an example, US steel hot roll coil lead times are increasing again, as are service centre shipments to customers. And an end to destocking means an improvement in apparent demand. The third area is Chinese demand, which is very much still a mixed picture. Um, Property data remains problematic. However, credit supply finally seems to be finding some demand and strength in energy transition and autos is helpful to confidence around metals. We do expect a sequentially stronger China in the fourth quarter, though the late economic meetings should provide a little bit more clarity around the potential gradient of this. And the last of the four headwinds is macroasset allocation via financial markets, which has really served to accentuate fundamental weakness in recent months. Indeed, the latest commodity ETP data from BlackRock shows around $11.2 billion of net outflows in July. That is a record. And with this, we've seen a combined $21 billion outflow from commodities as an asset class from end April levels. This has been clearly been a headwind to prices, and I'd now say we're in the eighth or ninth innings of this process, and would expect the net August outflow to be significantly lower indeed. Given some risk on sentiment is now returning to wider markets, September might even see a positive number. The situation with metals and mining cost structures was something I focused on in the previous Metal Matters from two weeks ago. And with more and more companies having reported second quarter earnings, we're getting a clearer picture of the impact. Company commentary around results shows cost pressures as a consistent theme, with several opting to lift annual guidance and others flagging that costs were likely to come in at the top end of previous guidance ranges. When we think of mining cost concerns, well, the gold industry is typically at the forefront. And we've taken a deeper look over the past couple of weeks at the impact on margins, despite still strong prices in this area. Ultimately, our precious metals equity team expects the average all-in sustaining cost of gold miners under coverage, which excludes those reporting on a June-end basis and primarily silver companies, to rise 7% year-on-year to $1,173 an ounce this year. Considering producer price inflation is running at near record highs in many countries, that in itself isn't too surprising. Clearly, however, the realisation that forecast bumper margins might not be quite so bumper, has spooked some investors. We've seen since mid-April, the GDX, that benchmark for gold equity performance, dropping 37%, while gold prices themselves have only retraced about 10% over the same period. Despite the very real challenges faced by miners to keep a lid on costs, this could be viewed as somewhat of an opportunity. 
Given we're not expecting a capitulation in the gold price over the near term, we could see a reversal of the trend. Gold equities perhaps outperforming the price once the initial shock of upward cost guidance revisions has been digested. I'd also say that cost control exerted by the base metal miners thus far has been quite admirable, admittedly helped by depreciating currencies in a number of cases. Despite China property data remaining quite frankly terrible, steel and bulk commodities are starting to look a little healthier. Steel prices in China have edged higher and, if sustained, would likely see more material diverted from the export to domestic market. On the back of this, coal and coke prices in China have started to gain for the first time in three months and iron ore has had some up days though, admittedly equally as many down days over the past couple of weeks, with reports that Chinese blast furnaces are being turned back on once again. So is this justified? Mm. In terms of steel, we've certainly seen inventories decline decently following production cuts, and hence a rising domestic price makes a bit of sense. But export markets are, if anything, still getting weaker, and production ramps thus are being driven more by hopes than by underlying fundamentals. With increased volumes of iron ore arriving off China's coast, there's still risk that iron ore may have to head to $90 a tonne before a Q4 rebound. Now, while we're talking bulk commodities, the supply problems with thermal coal just keep on continuing. Australian exports are still inconsistent after the recent floods, and more recently, Indonesia suspending the licenses of 48 miners who have not met their domestic market obligations continually takes material from the supply side of this industry just when utilities need it. Current thermal coal prices are ultimately unsustainable. However, it remains the tightest commodity market under our coverage for now. Finally this week, I wanted to spend a minute highlighting some other BMO Capital Markets podcasts which are well worth listening to. On the equity side, the Inchun channel provides comprehensive insights into the deep dive reports produced across numerous industries. Then there's Macro Horizons, where our FIC Macro Strategy Group gives weekly updates on US rates and credit spreads, including insights from BMO's top-ranked US rate strategist Ian Lingen. Similarly, BMO FX strategists Greg Anderson and Steve Gallo provide insights on global currency markets in the Global Exchanges podcast, while views from the north by Ben Reaches host discussions on the Canadian rates market and the wider economy. And beyond simple economics, I also wanted to highlight the Sustainability Leaders podcast, which is, discusses how the rapidly evolving field of sustainable finance is impacting global investment trends through interviews with some of the leading global practitioners. All of these podcasts, just like Metal Matters, can be accessed on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your preferred podcast provider, or indeed via the BMO Capital Markets website, www.bmocm.com. Thank you for listening to Metal Matters. If you have any questions or suggestions, do just get in touch directly. And I hope you can join me next time around to discuss more pertinent issues for global metals and bulk commodity markets. That was Metal Matters, presented by BMO Capital Markets Equity Research. You can subscribe to Metal Matters on Apple Podcasts and other podcast providers, or visit our website at researchglobalzero.bmocapitalmarkets.com to listen to more episodes, including our other podcast series, BMO Equity Research in Tune. If you have feedback or suggestions for upcoming podcasts, please do share it with me at colin.hamilton.com at bimo.com
To access our full disclosures, please visit researchglobalzero.bmocapitalmarkets.com forward slash public hyphen disclosure.